Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Comedy Central. Oh, JG, you used to do PR, right? Yeah, PR, marketing. I've done it all. Oh, well, perfect. What do you mean? Wait, 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 wait. Let me take that back. Perfect. (laughs) Not too late. Perfect. (laughs) Now hiring. Following companies are for sure looking for additional assistance in PR and marketing and rebranding. Mm-hmm. Def Jam Records, Balenciaga, J.P. Morgan Chase, <laughs> CIA, MRC, Adidas, Foot Locker, Peloton, TJ Maxx, <laughs> and of course, the Donda Academy. JG. Which of these companies would you like to go work for real quick as they try to move past their relationships with one <laughs> yay, formerly Kanye West? Adidas has multiple strikes with me. I don't know if you remember that shoe they made that had like a prison cuff on it. I'm still stuck there. So I knew they had bad taste automatically. Good call <laughs> a sneakerhead move, JG. You know what I didn't know about Adidas until somebody told me this? What? Apparently, Adidas was started by two brothers. They had a falling out and oh, yeah. left the company and created Puma. Really? That's right. It's the Dassler brothers. It's the story of the Dassler brothers. And it's so petty that they have headquarters across the street from each other and they literally try and outdo each other, like build one bigger than the other. Like it is the pettiest oh. thing in the world, man. They can't stand each other. It is an amazing story. Love it. Goodwill won't take them. Really? Goodwill won't take Yeezys? There is a message out across Goodwill corporate, if you could call it that. They will not take those shoes and sell them. I don't imagine Goodwill has a corporate office. I imagine it's like just 20 niggas on a group chat. And like <laughs> Goodwill to no longer accept donations of Yeezy products. In a memo sent by Goodwill, the company is directing employees to trash the current stuff as well. name is Roy. This is my job fair. JG, how has your week been? How oh, it's been good. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. I'm in Atlanta right now, you know, doing some daily show stuff and 
Uh-huh. Uh, we have some wonderful women on the show today uh, who are yes. running things in their life. We have one that has uh, started her own champagne company. And uh, we have another two women who are helping women in the workplace deal with the horrors of postpartum depression mm. and working a job where nobody gives a damn about anything that you're going mm. through because you's a women's. Oh, no. Disrespectful. All right, real quick, let's go now to Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Because this one made me laugh. Got to give a thank you, as always, to Down South Georgia Girl doing the research, doing the digging there, old Rhonda. And mm. She found this one. Apparently, there is a new workplace trend happening called the bait and switch job interview. Hmm. Tell you a little story about how I passed um, organic biology in college, Jacqueline. I can tell the story now because I have my degree and y'all bitches can't take it from me. Um, (laughs) You went to this class. Let's start there. So at the time in school, instead of putting your name on your paper, you put the last four of your social and that's how you were identified in class. Hmm. So in theory, anyone who shows up and knows the last four of your social. Oh, that's brilliant take your exam for you because the class, the, the student teacher ratio was like 45, 50 but the professor don't know all these fucking mm-hmm. faces uh-uh. and let's just say hypothetically you could send somebody into that organic biology class <laughs> along with the last four digits of your fucking social thus ensuring that you get an 82 oh. at the end of the semester I think that's brilliant sir I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying hypothetical. So hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically, that's brilliant, sir. That would be like going to another school in your cluster who might not have had as challenging classes, but the credit still counted. Not to say that I took many classes at Morris Brown in math and science, but I kind of understand where you might be coming from, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, sir. This portion <laughs> of Royce Job Fair is brought to you by Rescinded College Degrees. Rescinded college degrees. <laughs> Fucking up black man's employment. (laughs) So the same concept is happening in the work world now. The concept of bait and switch job interviews are starting to happen. And, you know, the simplest of it is that a job candidate hires a person to pretend to be them. Okay. And then goes to the job interview, goes to the follow up job interview, lands the position. And then on the first day of work, the other motherfucker shows oh. up. Are you serious? We call that, uh, as the great Dave Chappelle would say, that's called a gotcha bitch. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't wait. Like, like In you can, many cases, the candidates wow. who pull a bait and switch are underqualified or mm. flat out unqualified for the job that they're applying for. The hiring is simply a scam, an attempt to fake their way through the hiring process by fudging their resume or hiring someone more qualified to dazzle the recruiter. They're able to land the job, then they're in. Because more often than not, the recruiters do not work at the locations that you are being hired for. Yeah. Wow. You can really that's crazy. That's some slick shit. It's also a fraud risk because organizations Organizations can have their reputation ruined or have their data and personal information uh-huh. of customers stolen by these duplicitous people. Wow. 
the way that people find their proxies is, you know, they reach out to them online and the people really? who do the job interview for you can charge up to $150 an hour to pretend to be you. Do I have to look like you? That's a good question. JG, I'm glad you asked. Please tell me. In June, the FBI put out a warning. Rhonda really did her. What they say? You put mm. your foot in this? The girl's good. Yes, she is. In June, the FBI put out a warning that there's an increase in people applying for remote positions using stolen identities and oh. deep fakes. Computer-generated or manipulated images of someone's face. In other words, the person applying for the job might even might not even be a real motherfucker. Oh. You might wow. be from Max Hedrum digital mm-hmm. fucking head. Oh, and these are the so, FBI. Wait, the FBI is giving a warning, or people are applying to the FBI the like FBI this. FBI is giving a warning that people are pretending mm. to be qualified, and then you hire this person, you give them all the codes, and now they they got the back door into your company. Like mm. right now, we see each other on camera. Yeah, they have what like a filter on Snapchat. It's a yeah. it's a deep fake. Is essentially a NASA level face filter. Okay. Way past googly eyes on your face. It literally make you look like someone else. The app is called Duplicat. And what it does is it'll take a picture of you. Like it'll take a picture of JG and superimpose it over a picture of Roy doing the traffic at the Daily Show. And so it would look like JG in a suit directing the entire thing. But it's an app. You just sub in the face. And that's not even NASA level. That's the ongoing corner store level just deep faking right there like that's crazy the bait and switch though technically wrong uh-huh. it's also not illegal and most really? companies are embarrassed you it's an embarrassment you could lose your job if you say that you hired someone i could see that that's uh fugazi so rather than expose themselves to companies, just quietly usher the people out the door and just go, hey, look, you fucked up. You walked up to the printer on the wrong side of the printer. So you fucked up. <laughs> wow. It's good to be in a right to work state. You know, but then there was also the story of a bakery worker who um, bait and switched and faked his job interview, claiming that he had eight years of experience in tech. Uh-huh. But while on the job, got so good at the job that the tech firm gave him a full time job and he's been there for another three years. Respect. I like that, man. If you go fake it and then make it, I'm not mad about that at all. Actually, exactly. That's exactly. I'm not mad about that at all, bro. I I support this. Sometimes you just need an end to prove what you can do. Not everybody doing a bait and switch job interview is out to get all of the company's secrets. Some people just want a fucking chance and you have to get around these stupid algorithms. Yep. That all of these hiring sites have set up. Oh, it scans your resume. If your resume doesn't have the right word in the right place, mm-hmm. then you're stupid and the hiring manager will never even see your resume. So, yes, my fuck, if I'm going to work at a bakery, I'm putting on my resume. I worked at 48 bakeries and then I'm a deep fake myself in a fucking chef's hat and I'm put some flour on my face make you look like I just left the fucking bakery. <laughs> flour. Mm-hmm. I was making ratatouille. Fuck I gotta do because the moment I get in the door I'm going to wow you with my work ethic and my Absolutely. ability to learn. So for lying to them motherfuckers and getting that good bakery job off of a oh. goddamn job interview bait and switch for that unnamed Georgia bakery worker who did not oh, want to give Georgia. their name for the article. 
Respect. Are- Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Worse than first time. So, this woman making the champagne. Now, I drink champagne, but I've never been drunk off champagne. I don't, I'm not sure if that's the goal of champagne as an alcohol beverage. Isn't it the goal of all alcohols? Like, <laughs> Let's dive into this world because, you know, I know how to start a number of brands, but I have zero knowledge of how you go and get grapes and get liquor and make liquor and make champagne and bottle it and convince a liquor store to carry it and do all of that from across the pond. Oh, yeah. Yes. All right. You're crossing the pond. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. Did you take a dilly on the chibbly chabla and get a sip of the chabla? I'm sorry, I'm being disrespectful. Uh, JG, who do we have? We have Nicole, and she is the youngest African-American woman-owned liquor importer, exporter, and distributor in the world. Nicole is a graduate. Yes. Mm -hmm. She's a graduate of Florida A&M University School of Business and Industry. She holds a dual degree in business administration with a concentration in marketing and international affairs. She also holds a master's of business administration degree in global management from University of Phoenix. Nicole is an avid traveler. I'm going to have to find you. When she's not on the go, you'll find her toiling in her garden or sampling a fine spirit on her comfy couch. Hello, Nicole. Hey, how y'all doing? Hey, hey, wait a minute, Horace. Horace, wait a minute. Hey, man. She's a CEO. Yes. You know what that means, man. We gotta get the, you gotta play the music, bro. We gotta play the music. We in the corporate suite. Yes. Welcome to the corporate suite. This is the exclusive <laughs> VIP section of the job, man, where we welcome C-suite executives in to talk about how they build their company and what they've done on the way to success. Previous C-suite alumni include Waffle House. A rideshare service that we are legally contracted to not tell you the name Never. of. And of course, Mahogany and Hallmark cards as well. All right. Nicole Johnson. Hey, hey, Welcome hey, to hey. the job. <laughs> All right. Thank you for having me. President of Rusty Rabbit International. Mm-hmm. One of one. One of one. Black woman owned champagne, the only one to do it on There's actually no, can I correct Absolutely. I am the only one out of the UK, but there is now additional ones of us, which is amazing. There's Maurice um, Cesar, who is now has taken her talents back to France. Mm. Um, There is um, Marvina. She's out of Bed-Stuy. So she just opened up a brand new tasting room in New York. So visit her. And there's some other young ladies that I am bringing along with me. Um, So one of the things that you get when you get in Champagne, you have to get a Cremant Mart. And yeah. it's a very highly regulated, very and, they, yeah, and they don't want you to have it, especially uh, if you look like me and talk you're American. About it. Talk about so, it. So um, mm-hmm. I did mine through my vineyard. And like he always said, never come on camera and never say anything. They handled all that. So when I finally got my mark, it was funny because of what was like said in the background. But I was like, hey, too bad. I have it now. But what it allows you to do is because I have the mark, I can now stamp other ladies 
coming in. So that's all that I was trying to make sure is that wow. I'm not, I don't want there to be any gatekeepers or someone telling people that they can't do something. No, we're in this. We can do this. I love that. So you ain't want to be one of one. No. You want to be one a minute, minute more. Listen, I'm an Issa Rae in this. I vote and bet on everything black. <laughs> Connect the dots between that company and your champagne brand and how do you decide on champagne? Like, just walk us through. How did you get into that? Um, so when I left FAMU, I was hired by a fast food service business, the corporate office. Um, again, legally contracted to not state based. Um, but I used to travel all over the world and open up their location. So that meant I built their retail locations, did their POS, which is the things you see at the counter. Um, and point yes, of sale. Is yeah, that did okay. point of sales, did all of that for them, did their marketing and things of that nature but I did them in each demographic that I had to go to. So that's India, Japan, Australia, the list goes on. So as time matriculated, of course, the economic downturn happened here in the States and that funneled through. And so I had just asked them with a terminate my non-compete clause, which allowed me to stay in the industry, but work for other brands. And they did. Uh, but they also allowed me to retain them as a client. Nice. So I went from being an employee to they became my client. And so from there, it's literally matriculated. About seven years ago, I had a distillery call me and ask me would I come build their retail center in Scotland. And that's how I ended up being in the import expert distribution business of alcohol. So we redesigned their entire retail center, um, some of the packaging that's on their bottle. So Rusty Rabbit International is actually made of four companies, actually five. It's Rusty Rabbit International, Rusty Rabbit Drinks, which the champagne sits under. Rust Rabbit makes. I can make anything that's on our bottle. We actually do make everything on our bottle. Um, Rust Rabbit Logistics, because we move products um, to and fro. And then there's Rust Rabbit Cares. We have a not-for-profit organization oh. that advocates on behalf of women of color and cancer. Yes. Yes. This is fire. Fire. That's what's so, up. It, it, this is wild because low-key, your job working for that fast food company was basically an internship for how sales are done in different regions and the different cultural influences Absolutely. that you have to consider when trying to sell a particular part, product in a particular part of the world. Absolutely. And the logistics and then, to get it there. Do you speak a lot of different languages, at least three to deal with the countries, countries you're dealing with? Or is it a lot of Google Translate? Google Translate, but I speak English, Spanish, and I'm learning. Je m'appelle Jacqueline, et vous? I'm cool. Roy speak French. Croissant. <laughs> <laughs> La Pan quote the end. What's the name of that place? That oh my place? god! Live on pain. Is that how you pronounce Live it? Live on pain. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, know. Okay. I want you to pronounce the name of the champagne for those folks who may not speak French and be on our program. La Pan Rie. La Pan Rie. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. We're gonna put it in. We're gonna we're gonna put that in the in the episode <laughs> description and in parentheses. We're gonna put the. <laughs> The phonetics. Yeah. That'll work. That'll it's work. Like, it, you can tell someone, like, if they, especially if they've been in New, New Orleans and they like uh, Rue in their Yeah. So, La Pan Rie. Nice, nice, nice. What is the first step? Like, as a rapper, your first step is to get a demo yeah. and then hopefully get that demo in the hands of a producer mm -hmm. or agent or get on the internet and grow it yourself. 
I don't imagine champagne. This is not like cookies and pastries. You can't sell this out the trunk. I imagine there's a lot of laws. Yes. So what is the first step in starting a champagne? But do you go get the grapes? Do you go test grapes? Do you go look at bottles? Do you go figure like who do you partner with? Like what the how do you get in the liquor store? Is that the same as getting in a record store? How much harder is that than getting hair care products in Target? Mm -hmm. Like. What are the hurdles in There's this? There's a lot of hurdles. Um, so the first step was um, I I know my champagne grower. Um, it's something that I had been a part of for quite some time just because my top three spirits are alcohols is champagne, tequila, and whiskey. Okay. Um, oh, tequila? So, tequila? Oh, I, I'm at, oh. No, we got to talk that tequila talk. We got to talk that yeah, tequila so talk. Yeah, so we actually have a tequila coming in 2025. So this everything that I'm passionate about, everything that I do is a passion for me. So it's things that I absolutely like. I smoke cigars. I ride motorcycles. It's just the thing that I'm about, right? So we have a cigar line coming. Right, that, there's some things that are coming down. But to answer Rory's question of how I got started, so the champagne is actually an accident. It was never supposed to be for sale. It was only supposed to be a marketing gift that we sent out for Christmas so that people knew what we did. So we explained, hey, this is what we can do for your company. This is what we can do for your brand. This is simply a Christmas gift. Merry Christmas. See you guys in the next year. Well, when we came back from Christmas, we had orders. And I was like, I said, it's not for sale. <laughs> and, it, and we actually had, um, they don't, no. but we actually had a major department store in London reach out and they wanted 200 cases. So wow. I was like, yes, we're for oh, sale. Well, it is yes, for it sale. Is. It's definitely it for sale. Is. Yes, it is. Yeah, wow. Absolutely for sale. It would have been a sale at, uh, what, $200 maybe? Somewhere between, yeah, it'd been a, a bottle. 10 cases. They could have had it. They could have had um, it. What? Yeah, so they wanted exclusively for two years. So they had it for two years. Wow. Wow. So the next step into that is because everything on that bottle, I create it. So that's that's all of our doing. Um, everything that's manufactured, that's packaged, we print it, we produced everything on there. So I do have a little bit of a leg up because that's actually what we do for a living. Um, but that's how it all came about. And then as far as getting into stores, it's the same. You got to knock on the doors. You have to knock on every door. Um, again, I have a little bit of a leg up because I'm already in the industry and I was already moving other spirits and brands and products. So it was literally just a phone so call. You knew the plugs. Yeah. So I called the plugs yeah. and they said they want to taste the product. They tasted the product. They love the product. And um, as you, if you can see on our IGs today, like, we're yeah. in Publix grocery stores. And so we put all those locations. <laughs> it's like, it's like when you, you used to be like, you used to like deliver weed to everybody and then somebody find you some good cocaine. But like, hey man, I got the best cocaine. You want some cocaine? Hey, let me taste it. Let me taste it. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, just a Let me rub some of this champagne on my gums. Right. That's how you got to take it. I'm just saying. Yo, I, I got a question but for I you, I only Nicole. sell legal products. Absolutely. I only sell legal products. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Respectfully. Uh, yeah. Respectfully. Um, respectfully. There's a lot of licenses and alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Got to be done. Yeah. <laughs> I personally, and I hope I ain't stealing this from nobody because I ain't trying to, but I love this. I love a good story. I will buy a shoe if the marketing is awesome. The shoe might not be shit, but if they marketed to me right, I'll, I'll buy it. And I'm kind of the same with my products. Talk to me about the name of it and where the name came from. So the, everything about our brand is honest. It's true. Rusty Rabbit comes from my grandmother. Um, she passed away 
away in 2017. That was my baby. That was my girl. Um, so this was my way of honoring her. I wanted the world to know who she was, what she did, and why all of this is here. Yes. Um, and so Rusty Rabbit was her moniker for me. If she loved you, if you were in her little tight personal circle, she called you her Rusty Rabbit. Um, and so that's where the name came from. Mm. And La Panrier means Rusty Rabbit in French. Ooh, wow. yeah. I get it. All right, word. Yeah. And that's how yeah. Rusty Rabbit cares tra- ties in there. Um, unfortunately, cancer affects quite a few women in my family. My mom battled breast cancer. My grandmother died from it. My paternal grandmother died from it. So that's why that's, and I'm currently going through it. So that's why that's such mm. a... Um, a prevalent advocacy that we we make sure that people know about. So when we say we party with a purpose, we definitely party with a purpose. Every dollar from for every bottle sold, a dollar goes to Rusty Rabbit Cares. We've now got the retailers and the distributors; they're matching us. Um, oh, so we're really excited. Yeah, Nicole, sixty seconds, Nicole, because yes. I've had more fun talking about who you are. Yeah. But this is a segment where we try to talk about who you were. Okay. Mm. Give us give us a quick terrible job or a first job that stands out for you um, in your past. So I worked for a fabrics company when I was in high school. Um, I've always been a go getter. Always, I always had a job. Mm-hmm. I've had a job since I was like twelve. Um, but I worked for. I ran track and I played basketball. I was really good at it. And um, I worked for this fabric company, and they had our schedule. They had our school schedule, and they had my track schedule. And one day the manager called and said, um, you have to work on this Saturday. And I was like, I'm on track. I don't work Saturdays. And she was like, well, you're going to lose your job. I was like, okay, do you want me to send your apron back to you? And she was like, but you can't just quit like that. And I was like, you just said I was going to lose my job if I don't come to something that you know I'm not going to be at. And so my dad, he was like, well, you can't get sassy. And I was like, I'm not sassy. I have a track meet. I'll be at my track meet. I'm not going to that job. So I came back on Monday. They had moved me from the schedule. So I thought I was just coming in to give my key card and my, you know, apron. And then the district manager happened to be there that day. And he was like, where are you going? Because what they didn't say also is I had the top sales. Like I was, sell- I was 16 selling out the store. Mm. And so he's like, where are you going? I was like, they said I had to quit because I can't be here on Saturdays. He's like, no, 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 you're staying. <laughs> if you can do this between Monday and Friday, we can only imagine. And so he was like, as long as I agree to work for a summer. And I did. And I was always a top salesperson. It was a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> After the break, the homie Narada is going to come on and take this show off the rails. Nicole, you stay on the line because we want to know more about the scams in the liquor and champagne industry. You over there in France. How do you navigate being a woman, that black woman over there in that, that white liquor business? It's the job there. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. 
And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Job fair. We're talking champagne. Oh, got Nicole Johnson standing by. She's going to come back on and give us a little scam of the week action and break down what it's like being a black woman running champagne in France. How do you navigate racism overseas when you're trying to do international jobs? But uh, before we get back to Nicole, it's time to slow it down and welcome on the show a brother who um, I'm sure he's drank a lot of champagne as he celebrated negative pregnancy tests after negative pregnancy tests. Fire. He's undefeated against pregnancy tests. Lifetime record of 43-0-2. He is the author of the New York Times bestseller How to Have Sex in the Backseat of an Uber Pool and Still Get Five Stars. He is a former Merrill Lynch intern. That's actually the truth. His mama named him Narado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, we're talking champagne for a little bit for the front half of the show. Are yeah. you in, you know, and uh, I don't like wine. I like champagne. I don't like wine. Wine is gross to me. All of it. It tastes like a, mm. it just tastes like a flat Bartles and James wine cooler to me. I don't like any Most wine. wine- Tastes like Easter egg water. <laughs> <laughs> you remember you get the little pause kit and you, you dive the oh, Easter eggs in the vinegar. You would drink that. You, <laughs> you would drink it. You drink the Easter egg water. I would savor it. I would. I wouldn't drink it, but I would do a waft. shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's the taste? Like a small oh, yeah. That's apple cider vinegar. That's that's different than the regular vinegar. No. Like, mm. No. Mm-hmm. You never done that. Wine makes it out at about $100. Uh, whatever a $100 wine is, that's the finest quality you're going to get. Once you start buying $1,200 bottles, it just tastes like the $100 bottle. It may not taste like so the $10, no. but there's no difference between once you hit $100, you hit the cap. So no Chateau Lafitte for you? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, 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 no Chate Rothschild, none of that kind of good nah. stuff, none of that. It hit me with that, uh, that <laughs> hit me with that Ruby Tuesday's Robert Mondavi house. Let me get the house red on this one. <laughs> we have a 2022 uh, Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby Tuesday. Right. What'd you say? $6 a glass, $15 a bottle. Yeah, let me get the bottle. We bring Rod on this program to give you topics to break the ice with co-workers you can't stand, co-workers that are opposite race, people that are just generally boring to be around, but you have no choice because they work in the same place that you work to provide for your family. Call the segment Breaking Ice. We turn it over to you, Rod. Well, it's the truth. This segment is not for sharing stuff with your friends. I mean, but don't this you want to become friends with the co-workers? Never mind. No, you don't. Go ahead, no, Rod. you don't. You're right. You don't. You no. want to hit them with one Rod story to get them to fuck up off you. And then you <laughs> You're right. Um, right now, something going on on the other end right now is uh, recently at the uh, chess, the U.S. Chess Championships okay. in St. Louis, 
contestant by the name of Hans Neiman was subjected to uh, damn near a cavity search Word? before the match started. What? Uh, he, which included him uh, getting checked, getting patted down, and then they scanned his butt with a metal really? detector and things of that nature. But the chess? And I know that really? sounds like, well, what the what fuck? What are they looking for in his butt at a chess game? Okay. <laughs> well, what they're looking for is a couple weeks before that, uh, Hans Neiman was accused of cheating by another chess champion by the name of Magnus Carlsen. And one of the ways in which, the, you know, they're saying, well, this is a live event. He has no screens or nothing to look at. And there's on tape delay. How could he cheat during a live chess match? And the accusation is that he was using vibrating anal beads to vibrate signals to him in Morse code to tell him what what he should do next. Whoa! Wow. I I respect that. I respect that. You gotta want to win. That's 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 a will to win. You gotta want it. Wow. No words. Do you know how far <laughs> certain pieces on a chessboard can move? Do you know how many vibrations that it? This is. I'm gonna mute myself. Here's the bigger question. Listen, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> Here's a bigger question: If you're sitting there playing chess, and the beads start getting the jiggling, and you can't react to them, you gotta act like nothing's happening. And you I just was really thinking that. Uh, 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 like you can't. <laughs> You can't do none of that. Yeah, that category does not end well on Pornhub. I can tell you that right now. So, yeah, please. Yeah. No. You definitely got to practice. You got to practice a lot. Yeah, get, it. get used to that feeling. Five in the morning, like Rocky Balboa. Yeah, you gotta so get you'll it. be caught off guard. Mm. Mm. <laughs> How far does he have to shove them up his ass for his opponent not to hear them? That's my question. You're playing well, chess. There's not like music in the background, bro. Like you got a wooden chair. Like, well, usually the sex toys, sex toys that vibrate have frequencies. different settings for high and low. So you got to put them things on the lowest setting. So then, Rod, let me make sure I'm following this. He puts the wow. he puts the beads up the old back porch, <laughs> and then someone else who's mm-hmm. watching the match is then using I don't know the anal bead app mm-hmm. or whatever. They're, they're using like the app <laughs> to control yeah, to, to, wow. to hit it and then dot 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 it might be called yeah. harmony yeah it might be yeah, called three, harmony three 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 buzzes means you know knight to queen six anything to win bro no anything to win if you ain't cheating you ain't trying you got to do something Hey, that's what they say. Matter of fact, I'm gonna call it. What's his brother's name? What's his name, Rod? Oh no, you're not. Hans Neiman. <laughs> For putting them anal beads up the old backboard oh, no. and sitting calmly. Do you know how long the best match is, Jacqueline? It is yes, hours. I do. And do you know how everyone moves? This is crazy. That boy is getting that damn. He getting mm. that G spot. His prostate is getting attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I know the front of the pants was soaked, boy. He had to be wearing black jeans. Oh my gosh. You're insulting your prostate. No. And not motherfucking twitching. Mm. 
not nay an orgasm at that table. For that, Hans, you are also Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. No. God damn it, I love that one. That's wow. a good one. Who's on the other side of this pressing the buttons? I'm, I'm so... A uh, 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 fucking <laughs> real friend. <laughs> All a true friend is going to vibrate your asshole. <laughs> so you win For chest, chest glory. Chest glory. Podcast oh my is Uncle Rod's story corner. <laughs> You can get it wherever you get this podcast. Rod, as always, we thank you. Thank you, Rod. And, uh, we will bid you adieu. Thank you. Thank you. Orgasm. This is trying to ray it, rolling. <laughs> Where's my boy? What if he straight faced it the whole time until that moment, and then all of a sudden he's just. Co- uh, <laughs> and you don't think that's CM momentary? No, we don't think that's CM. All right, I say he's CMO. I say he's CMO. If he was doing all that and taking the buzzes the whole time and not making faces, nope. I agree. CMO all day. Oh yeah, he all was. Day. He was stoic. He was stoic. If you stoic. <laughs> If you're stoic in your teens with anal beads at a chess they're doing, match, they're going back yeah. and watching the tapes yeah, to see if he's flinched. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta check the tapes. <laughs> check the tapes. We gotta oh, stop. God. This is this is a girl boss episode. We're supposed to oh be appropriate. <laughs> Scam of the week time. Now let's get it back to Nicole. CEO and president of Rusty Rabbit International. You have this black woman-owned champagne brand out of UK. When you were tinkering with your herbs and spices <laughs> to decide what La Penrouille, did I say that? You uh, did. Uh, you did. Okay. When you were La Penrouille, when you was looking at La Penrouille, <laughs> yes. the process of refining the ingredients and refining, the, I don't know, is it is distilling? Is that the right word yeah, for so champagne? Yes, so we do, we do distill. Um, so the process is, one, our grape, our champagne is completely different from everything on the market. We're 100% Pinot Meunier grape. Champagne is typically made out of three grapes. That's Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and Pinot Meunier. I personally do not like Chardonnay anything. Um, so my goal was to figure out how I can, and I don't like sweet. So um, because I don't like sugar, I don't like sweet. I hate Chardonnay. Uh, I'm not a fan I of like Chardonnay sugar. either. I'm not a fan of yeah, Chardonnay. I didn't want anything that was bitter. And so Pinot, Pinot Meunier and Pinot Noir are dark red grapes. Um, and most people don't know that. And Chardonnay is a, a white grape. Um, so you get the juiciness of the flavor and behind it. That's how I chose it. Also, my vineyard specifically sits on the four different soils that classify how champagne is made. So my cuvee, which is actually get it, coming sis. out in get it, sis. is made from the combination of all four soils. Get it, sis. That's that classy shit, Roy. Oh, yes. Let's go. If this was meth, you would have the Breaking Bad Blue Ice meth. <laughs> Nicole, what are some of the other ways we know when we're getting scammed with bad champagne? Yeah, Because I'm thinking about everything that happened on Dallas and all of those shows. They didn't drink bad champagne or burnt champagne. To be honest, you should also look at the price point. 
um, it is impossible to make a six dollar bottle of champagne. Speak it, sis. <laughs> I mean, you can make it, but it doesn't Ooh. taste like you know. So um, you should look at price. But now I'm not saying that the more expensive it is, it's good. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that there's a there's a lot of work that goes into it. So you're talking about a year long harvest. So for instance, we just finished our harvest, um, and so that normally goes between because of climate change and global warming, it's getting earlier and earlier. So normally it used to be all of September. Now we had, did half of our harvest through August, finished about September 15th. Then you have to wash the grapes down. Now they're at the press, so they're being pressed. Then from the press, you put it into the, either the barrel or into the steel vat. We use steel vats. Then when that's done, um, depending on what cuvee you're doing, so like our rosé, we do use the grape leaves of our Pinot Noir grape. Um, and ours is darker than most because we let it sit for a little bit longer. Um, and then also for both our um, brut and our rosé, we have 0% dosage, which means that we don't add sugar to our champagne, which others do. So I know that a lot of people, when they say, well, I don't drink champagne because it gives me a headache, it's because of the sugar content. So we got rid of the sugar content. Um, again, I'm very specific about my grape with the Pinot Meunier. It's prestige. It's all the way through. It's my grandmother. So, <laughs> oh, yo, you must really be doing the damn thing. You didn't got book a Hayat to unmute her microphone. Go and jump in the Hayat. I know you got a question for it. You you never unmute. Thank you for forcing me to be on the show again. Um, <laughs> thanks so much again, Nicole, for coming. I wanted to say that you're a woman after my own heart for saying that you hate Chardonnay as much as I do, which is like, I hate, I hate Chardonnay. <laughs> I was so happy to hear that you don't use those grapes for your champagne. Um, but obviously coming and working in such a you know white male dominated industry and then adding the racism that only Europe can do. Um, what are the craziest battles, challenges, walls you faced when you were trying to kind of break in? Um, doing your own thing? Because I know you worked with brands beforehand. So um, it was actually in the whiskey side. So um, I represented a, um, a bourbon type of whiskey. And obviously, because I was in the UK and the rest of the world, the first question I always ask is, well, what do you know about whiskey? And both of my parents are executives for Anheuser-Busch. So alcohol has been in my house wow. for a very long time. Um, and yeah, so for me to actually come back into spirits, they laugh and they always taunt me because I was like, I'm never, you know, I ate, I ate my words. Um, but I've, I've had to be in situations where, um, either my dad or my uncle had acted as if I was their secretary because men would not wow. speak to me, even though I own the company, I own my licenses and things of that nature. Um, I have actually had drinks thrown on me. Hang on. You can't, you on. can't say stuff like hang that on, on the job fair and not disclose. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was at a tasting. So they have these liquor fairs, right? So you come, you do tastings, you go table to table. And uh, the story that we were talking about with a particular brand um, mm. is very black centric. And I was in a very white centric uh, atmosphere and the gentleman did not like the story that we were telling. And I was like, well, there's nothing I can do about it because it's a true story. And then they <gasps> threw their drinks on me. And what, um, <laughs> year what nationality were these people? This, um, they were Scottish and this was 2017. What? 
Oh my goodness. And did you, yeah. did you, and how did you, did you, so, I um, can definitely say that it's highly possible in that situation. I would not have responded as classily as you might've done. How did you respond to something like that? Like, how did you? I threw the jug of water back. Yes. I support this. <gasps> Nicole, what happened after that? I love that you threw water on them, but I'm sure that's not where the story ended. Mm. Tell me. It was a large gasp and mm. then people stepped in. So it was, you know, they removed them and then the event organizers came to make sure that I was okay. So it was very, no one like said anything to me, but they made sure I was okay. They asked me, did I need some time? They covered the table. Um, Cause now there's not, you know, there's liquid everywhere, you know, took care of all of that. And then when I came back, everything had been cleaned up. It was ready, uh, but they had excused them. So they were removed from the, from the event. Now, see, this is how I know you were inspiration, Nicole. Not only did you get her yacht to unmute her mic, down South Georgia girl trying to get in here and ask you. Go ahead, Rhonda. No, I was going to say, Nicole, you mentioned the impacts of climate change and shifting of the harvest of your grapes. So what are some of the other implications of harvest, I mean, of climate change that you've seen on, you know, your harvest? So um, what most people don't know is with champagne, right, when you when you have your grapes, you don't add water. So it's not like you go out and you water your grapes. That's not, those are the rules of champagne. All of your water comes from the air. So it comes from the rain. It comes from the atmosphere. So you can only imagine what global warming is doing because for instance, France had frost and hail last year. We we don't have that. Um, And then we have fire. So we have all of these culmination of global warming um, aspects that are now changing our grape, right? So so that's why we were concerned this year. Um, what And to also explain a little bit more about champagne, when you do your harvest, if you're a part of a collective, which we are not, we stand on our own. Um, it's our own vineyard. We are able to produce our own champagne. But say you were in a collective, there's a certain, there's only a certain amount that you're able to harvest. And that number is set by the previous year. So if you're going down and you're not able to get as much of the bushel as you would expect, then you're going to suffer the next year. And so then we wait to find out the next year, how much was harvested, how much we were able to to get. So that sets the tone for the next year. But then you also have your pandemic has now affected um, supply chains. So even with things that we produce, getting the raw materials isn't as easy as it previously was. Nicole, how hard is this day in and day out? I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, to business people, it's hard, you know, like you can just be a secretary. This shit's hard. You know, it doesn't matter what what hat you wear. Personally, it's a very difficult situation. And so you hope that you have the people around you and the atmosphere to cultivate to make sure you're okay. And when you don't, you hope that internally you have your shit together just enough to be like, okay, I'm gonna get through this. No crying for you. I'm putting healing and positive vibes your way. I love what you're doing and I just want to show that we can do this. We're always told that we can't do this or we don't do it right. Have I ever have I always got shit right? No. I have messed up a lot. But I do my best to fix it, to cultivate it. And to make sure that we're standing correct. That's so dope. You are amazing, Nicole. Nicole, how hard is this day in and day out? I couldn't even imagine. And knowing how hard all of this is, where do you get your strength? 
the racism, the boys club, mm-hmm. the global warming, you're surviving cancer and helping others. Where is all of this energy and just will coming from, Nicole? So we uh, love it. Um, I it's, Again, all of it's just a tribute to my grandmother. I watched her raise six kids. She watched the entire neighborhood. She watched all of her grandkids. Um, she was a Sunday school teacher. She was the head of the Deaconess Board. She was always classy, always dressed. And she was just a genuinely amazing woman. So I want that story told because that's who we are as a people. We're not what's always displayed. And I want to make sure that that's also conveyed. You know, it's not just other races that do that. We do it too. And a lot of times we do it better. So that's what my story is out. And that's why I make sure that everything is prestige, luxury, priceless. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Uh, Last question then, Madam Nicole. Is your company hiring? Can I work at Lap and Rule? Can I be a grape stepper owner? Can I be a label putter owner person? Like, what are, what are some of the positions that your company might be uh, dabbling in? Yes. Um, so I will be out of completely out of the business for the rest of the year. So we are now looking for brand ambassadors in the following states that we have distribution. Um, so, yes, we are hiring. Um, and we have been fortunate enough that my mentor in the business, um, I've known him for like 10 years, mm. um, has now come over and taken over the reins for me. Oh, that's um, and he's got 30 years in the business and the entire team is black. Our, our entire team. Oh, right now. Nah. Yes. So we, um, our marketing will always stay black. We, we, we've heard about that. Um, there'll always be a black woman or a black man in our marketing. Um, but yes, we are hiring and we are looking for people in New York, California, Texas, Georgia, Tennessee. Okay. And where are we going to apply for all of these positions? So they can go to www.lapin, L-A-P-I-N, Rouillet. R-O-U-I-L-L-E dot com. They can go to RustyRabbitInternational.com or they can just email us at hello at RustyRabbitInternational.com. Nicole Johnson of Rusty Rabbit International, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing everything with us. And we're going to buy about 40 cases of this it is La Pondrie. I really appreciate that. Thank you, guys. No, we just ask people to support us, follow us, and tell, tell someone else about us. <laughs> Girl Boss Week on the job for every going to bring it home after the break with two wonderful women that have created an app that brings women together who are dealing with postpartum depression and having to go right back into the workplace. It's the job fair. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. 
And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Job fair. We are bringing it home. We got a couple more girl bosses to talk to. Women who running shit and doing the damn thing. Thank you to Nicole Johnson over there across the pond. Gonna send us a whole bunch of Lapin Roulette and that new tequila. Third, congratulations. You'll get Yay, your tequila. Free tequila in a couple of years whenever they get that shit together. If the wildfires don't burn down all the tequila fields. Oh Is my gosh. I don't know. Well, that's what she was talking about, JG. She was talking about the fires burning up all the shit in France. I understand, so, but we don't have to be, we don't have to reiterate it and make it sad. I wasn't rooting for it. I said if. Uh-oh. I didn't say I hope. I didn't say I hope the tequila fields get burnt up. We're trying to figure out how tequila's made. I don't know. I, don't, I keep saying. <laughs> I'm going to drink it regardless. Can't we just go out there and squeeze it out the tequila berries? And it would exactly. Make tequila That's where tequila from? come from. Come from it's a tequila, tequila berry. Yeah. It's like one big tequila no, berry that grows from it. the dirt. And, you and then you squeeze it out and make tequila. And you put it in a barrel I'm pretty and sure. burn it. Matter of fact, don't even check that right Something like no. that. <laughs> yep. I'm sure that's not how that Make works. Tequila. Now, here's something third and I know absolutely nothing about, and that is postpartum depression. Now, hmm. I we do know about being a parent, but, you know, we talked about this earlier at the top of the show and just this idea of discrimination in the workplace where women, the idea of having a child could be a detriment to your career and the duality of hmm. trying to navigate motherhood and climbing the fucking job ladder. It's a very hard thing to do. But thankfully, two girl bosses have created an app to help support these women and let them know that they're not alone or what they're doing. JG, rack them up. We have the founders of Phoebe, and it's Emily and Carolina. And Phoebe is focused on late pregnancy and postpartum. And they're also addressing infertility, fertility and the adjustments to midlife. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Brian. It's great to be here. Uh, First and foremost, uh, tell us about Phoebe. There's almost nothing more important we could be doing than supporting working mothers. Working mothers make up a third of the U.S. workforce. Hmm. Uh, Many working mothers not only are working harder at work, but they're working harder at home. And a lot of working mothers are the breadwinners. And so what Phoebe ultimately wants to do is in an environment in the United States where we don't have federal, any any um, federally mandated paid maternal leave, we're not supported politically, we're not supported socially. Um, we are, we struggle to get good healthcare for motherhood. And that kind of all trickles down, right? Um, and so what we're trying to do is be a place that uses tech. So we have an app, uh, that is connecting women. And so we're connecting peers across industries, women, as they become mothers, we are supporting them from pregnancy or expecting all the way through postpartum and all the way back to working motherhood. And we're doing that through education. We're doing it through mentorship. We're doing it through access to experts and expert support. You know, more and more people are disconnected from their families or disconnected from what it's even like 
when they become a mother. In a way, you all have created a community that helps people deal with a new job, you know, which is being a mother and how to balance that with everything else that you were doing before that and to help them prepare for a lot of the hurdles that are foreseen and some that are unforeseen that a lot of people may not have taken into account. Our researcher down South Georgia girl pulled up a number of facts just about, you know, what is called the mother handicap. And, you know, for each child that a woman has, she gets a five to 10% pay cut on average. Meanwhile, men get a 6% pay bump. This is really messed up. What can men do to help this? Like men in the C-suite, men in power, men in management positions. Like what can be done? What can what can men do to help out with this? Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. There. And how do women fight for this? Like how do women fight for these rights without putting their own employment at mm. risk in the process? I think it depends on sort of where you are in a company. If you're a decision maker as to how employees are treated broadly, um, then you have to put sort of the right policies in place. And if if you really look at it, it's a bit counterintuitive, but you have to respect men as parents as much as you respect them as workers and do the same for women. So if you have a culture where men are expected to take leave and they do, to become a parent, then women are no longer sort of an expense. Women are no longer sort of the ones that take leave and cost the company money. Women are no longer the ones that need sort of, that need some sort of um, notice ahead of, of a meeting at 6.30 because they have to pick up their kids. Um, so you no longer have to accommodate women as mothers if you also understand that men are fathers and respect that as well. Now, Carolina... We know that you yourself dealt with postpartum, but returned to the workforce sooner than you should have. What kept you from taking all of your maternity leave? And it better be something good because you have to take care of you. In the field that I was in, um, so first of all, my company at the time had three months paid leave, which, which is uh, companies now are extending it. But for many women, that is still a luxury. And it was definitely a luxury back then. And if I had taken a longer leave, I would not have, I, I could have potentially put my career at risk. And I knew that. I knew that before I had children. And so when you get to, granted, this is, this is a sort of a privileged position to be in in the first place. Um, but even if you are in that position, you are still very aware that there is a trade-off. And if you don't want to get penalized for becoming a parent, you come back to work. But the problem is that if our country right now, if you think, look at the numbers, like more and more women are graduating with degrees in law than men. More women are graduating with degrees in science than men. More women in healthcare than men. And so you have a, a bigger pool of female talent and most of them are going to become mothers. And so, and, and, and in certain communities, most of those mothers are going to be the primary breadwinners. And so it is a problem as a society mm -hmm. if we are not finding ways to reduce that gap and give women chances to get back in the game. Tell us about this app. Now, are men allowed on this app? Let's start there. Can I come on there as a man? Can I come on there and go, let me tell you, tell you ladies what y'all need to do. Can, is, there, is there a mansplaining tab? 
anyway. We have had uh, male single parents um, on the platform. So we are inclusive for every type of family. So that, the app works this way, right? You are in a group with other individuals who are experiencing the same thing at the same time you are. So you're having a shared experience with another group of people. And then you have experts and you can connect with them sort of couple times a week and actually ask your questions that you're having right then about the things you're struggling with or the things you're trying to figure out. And then we have content you can access anytime. And then you have a, a care advisor or a doula or a coach who's assigned to you. So you have someone who's watching out for you personally. And this is a segue, but a lot of, of the people we're dealing with, their self-esteem is crushed after going through this experience. And so there's a whole other part about rebuilding that you can't just do because you have more maternity leave or more paternity leave. We really need, we're trying to, I would say we're trying to bring self-esteem back. We want women to value and in much inside and outside, right? As much as we want the companies to value them. Go ahead, Riyadh, jump in, jump in. So I was curious because personal experience, I've witnessed a lot of moms either, you know, have complicated pregnancies or when women um, come back, I've, I've had friends who dealt with postpartum depression. I'm curious from your experience, because I was shocked to see a lot of times it's women in these leadership roles who are not that kind to new moms coming back. And a lot of these women actually have children and there's kind of this double standard or maybe they've forgotten because their children are older and they forget how how difficult it was to have young children. Um, and so it's not necessarily men who are at the at the helm being like, you know, screw you, Nancy, I'm going to cut your pay. What has been your experience? Have you seen that it's kind of like equal balance in terms of like equal offenders across the gender of, of leadership to, to new moms? Um, sometimes what you see with, again, not everyone, but we do hear that story a lot. Sometimes what you hear with sort of the last generation of, of women who went through the workforce to leadership positions is they had absolutely no support and the odds were completely against them. So they just had an extreme amount of grit and perhaps they made sacrifices with their family to get to the position they are in their career that the next generation does not want to make any longer. So when they look back, it's this, I did it. Why can't you? But maybe instead of that being the question, the question is, I did it that way because I didn't have a choice. Why can't we change it so more people can be successful and get to this position? That's the right question to ask. The app is Phoebe. The website is HiHiPhoebe.com. We're going to put that in the job fair socials. Thank you all so much for what you're doing to make the workforce stronger. And we appreciate you. And thank you for coming on the job fair. Thank you for having us. That's the show. Royce Job Fair is a product of iHeartMedia, Comedy Central, South Park, and Princeton Productions. Girl bosses, we did it, JG. Now, I know this wasn't quite Women's History Month, but you know, it's nice to kick back with the ladies uh-huh. for an episode. You know, we didn't do a theme song. We should, I should have given them a little song. Oh, you know. no. It's a girl boss. And you run in your head, and you got that champagne, and you dealing with racism, girl boss. Postpartum depression, and you got an app that'll fix maternity. No. No. Nope. Well, if you give me time to write, I think you tried. I'd have some more fire shit. I think I have to get time to write. It was right off the top. You did what? That was a hit. That is not a hit.
This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.